0: Loved ones, what's going on? We're back after a break for the Thanksgiving holiday. I'm Bruce, and this is a bigger story. So, I was at one of my favorite places for coffee, and one of the baristas had just finished her shift. We had some mutual friends, so she knew I was a pastor, and she asked if we could schedule time to talk about something, and the following Saturday we got together. When I greeted her, I called her by the name I knew her by, and she smiled and corrected me because she was using a different name now as part of her transition. And I knew immediately that I was being called out of my comfort zone, and it was about to get even more uncomfortable. My discomfort wasn't about her revelation that she was transitioning to he. It was that I had never, and still haven't, to be honest, I had never done a deep dive on the biology and physiology of gender identity, and especially about those who are transitioning. I've just kind of been content to simply accept that we're not all put together the same way, and that the same fluidity that exists everywhere else in nature exists in us humans too. I probably should do a deeper dive into the science related to LGBTQI plus identities, because I'd probably be a better friend and advocate if I deepen my awareness. But I've kind of looked at it like I look at a clock or a watch. I still wear my old wind-up analog watch sometimes, and I could not begin to tell you how the mechanisms of even an old-fashioned watch are constructed in order to keep time. And Something like an Apple watch? There's no way I could tell you how that works inside. But I can look at my old analog Seiko watch or my Apple watch and know what time it is. In the same way. I can look at, converse with, make friends with a person, and I may not know what's in their physiology or biology or psychology that makes them tick, but I can tell time. And if someone tells me what time it is for them, I typically take their word for it. My friend I sat with that Saturday morning was telling me that they were experimenting with new first names, names more traditionally associated with men because they were transitioning. And where it got more uncomfortable was when they shared that they were in the process also of meeting with doctors and scheduling first top surgery and then bottom surgery. And those are things I had never had to contemplate before. So I did my best to not appear to be as uncomfortable as I was. I'm not sure I succeeded but what I was trying to do was to be a fully present person, a person of love and grace, acceptance, and affirmation. And then in the course of the conversation, my friend made a request. Their parents were conservative Southern Baptists, and my friend described them, her parents, as very loving and very kind, but she, on her way to becoming he, felt like this news about her choice to transition and to have the surgeries that would liberate her to be who he felt like he really truly was? That all of that would just be a bridge too far for their very religiously conservative parents? And would I be present when she broke the news to them? And my answer was yes, of course. But I tell you this story because One of the things I found most remarkable about this was that we had never really talked at a depth level about anything. We were acquainted, but we weren't friends yet. And here they were in our first real conversation, inviting me into one of the most deeply intimate parts of their life and also inviting me into the intimacy of their relationship with their mother and father for a conversation that was going to be fraught with risk. And all of this because I am vocationally a pastor and maybe also because whatever vibe I gave off in our interactions during the time when I was buying my coffee was a vibe that said that maybe I was safe and I thank God for that. But what concerns me is that portal The portal through which my friend was able to step through in their search for a safe ally and friend, the portal was my vocation as a pastor. And being a pastor implies that I have a flock, a church. A church isn't a building, it's the people, but it's people gathered for a very specific intention. In the case of a Christian church, I think that that specific intention has to do with wrestling with the stories of Jesus Christ in order to fall in love with Jesus in such a way that we would ourselves become the love of Jesus, a love lived out to, for, and with others in the world. I think it's pretty much as simple as that. And my own life has been filled with very deep meaning because I've had the privilege of being the leader of The pastor of communities like that. And most of those communities, most of them, have also freed me to live out that vocation, that calling of being the love of God, the love of Jesus, the love of Christ, to live it out far beyond our immediate gathered community on behalf of that community for others who aren't part of our community and may never be. So, one of the questions I ask myself and that I worry about is, can there be pastors, shepherds, soul friends, without the communities, the churches that are home base from which we are sent? Can we pastors exist without the intentional communities who call us to be pastors? Because my friend who invited me into this very deep and risky, and I think for them very scary, transition into which they were entering, and the impact it was likely to have on all of their relationships, not only their parents. Probably, my friend would not have identified me as a potential friend and ally and helper, absent of the awareness of my vocation, my calling, to be a pastor, a calling that emanated from a community called a church. John Wesley was the 18th century Anglican priest who became the founder of Methodism. You've probably heard of Methodists. He once journaled this. He wrote, I look upon all the world as my parish. I think that's the sort of existence that I've kind of stumbled into as well for me. But if I stumbled into it, it's only because of all these other loved ones who have gathered as an intentional community and who have driven me to my knees, not in a bad way, but in a good way, driven me to my knees by saying, hey, you are our pastor, and we are calling upon you to live out that calling among us. If that privilege and responsibility doesn't drive a pastor to her or his knees, they shouldn't be a pastor. But this story, it's not supposed to be about me. It's about this. My friend I met because they made and served me coffee, and we traveled in the same basic circle, needed a me one day. And the me he needed, because he is now a glorious he, the me he needed was only able to be me because of how I and this spiritual community called a church understood our life together, our mission together, our calling together, and our roles in that community together. So for all the flaws that 21st century churches have—and there are many flaws—for all the ill-conceived leadership moves we pastors make, for all the dysfunction and meanness that can manifest sometimes and far too often among church members, for every boring, irrelevant sermon you've likely heard, including from me if you've ever heard me give a sermon, for every way that churches have behaved more like inward-focused self-preservation societies instead of outward-focused bearers of God's light and love. Something about my experience with others who are struggling with some of life's deepest questions tells me that churches are still needed. Spiritual friends, soul friends, be they pastors, priests, imams, rabbis, Or, butchers, bakers, and candlestick makers are still needed. So, maybe we should keep chipping away at it. It being the creation of real flesh and blood embodied spiritual communities that figure out together how to be healthy and alive so that people can catch some kind of vibe from such a community of people, a vibe that says safety that says help, that says love is actually available from this community of people. Did I just make a pitch for the continued existence of churches? I think I did. Wonders never cease. Stay in touch, Bruce at brucecole.tv. Remember, you are loved.